All right, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another day of Saber Sims DFS Office Hours. It is Tuesday, January 2nd of 2024. Here is actually our first show of 2024. So welcome, everybody. Appreciate you guys tuning in and supporting our show here. Uh, for those of you who are new here, welcome. My name is Andrew. I'm one of the coaches over here at Saber Sim. This is a show where we go over how to use the SaberSim app, answer any and all DFS-related questions. You get your questions in one of three ways here. First off, send us an email, support at sabersim.com. Second, post it live in the YouTube chat. Third way, post it in the Office Hours channel in our Discord server. If you're not in our Discord and want to get access to that channel, there's a link in the description of this video. You also get access to our similar channels, individual sport channels, and you get access to the rest of the Saberson team here, aside from myself. So can't say enough good things about the Discord. Uh, it is our first show of the week. So normally at this point, we would announce the winners for our weekly max challenge, which I actually said we were going to do. So I apologize. We're actually going to put that on hold. Uh, some people were letting me know that their names weren't on the list. Usually DraftKings opens up like a number of different mini maxes. Uh, so I think we, we missed at least one here. So just to make sure that we get everybody and we do our due diligence on our end. I'm going to push the announcement at least until tomorrow here while we get that all sorted out. So appreciate you guys understanding. But with that said, we're going to get the app pulled up here and we're going to get started on questions. Uh, looking ahead, it looks like we have a six game NBA slate today, as well as a 13 game NHL slate. So it should be a fun day of DFS overall here. And uh, we have questions in the YouTube chat, questions in the discord. We're going to start with the questions. That came in in the Discord as always here. Uh, looks like our first question here is from Greyhawk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, question says, how would I go about setting a rule in NBA that I only want X amount of players with sub-10% ownership in a lineup? For example, I only want one person per lineup with less than 10% ownership. Uh, yeah, good question. So what I would do, I would go to my lineup rules under settings. I'll go to add new rule. I would go to group. I would go to automatic. I would say use no more than one player. I would leave group by unchecked. And then I would go down to this requirements option. So click add requirement, go to my own less than 10%. So now what you're saying is you're telling the builder, hey, do not use more than one player that is less than 10% owned per lineup here. And then you can actually see what effect this has by saving it as a manual rule. It'll create one rule here. I can open it. And then basically what it did is it went and grabbed every single player that is less than 10% owned and then put them in a group. So instead of you manually having to click in 179 players, it automatically goes and grabs all 179 players that have a projected ownership less than 10%, puts them in a big group, and then says only use one. So um, important, though, if you do save as manual, if ownership changes, it will not update unless you click this little refresh icon. So that's why it's good to save it as an auto rule because when ownership does update, it will automatically uh, uh, change your group if players move up or down uh, the threshold that you've set. All right. 12-pack abs. Said, to what extent will the Week 18 NFL projections take into account the team motivation and contract incentives? Uh, good question. So I would actually say that, you know, contract in incentives specifically, we're going to have no nothing at all. Like, 
if if that is something you are paying attention to, you are aware of, I would account for that in the projections because projections are not going to account for contract incentives. As far as team motivation, um, you know, we do try to capture some of that. Uh, you know, week 18 is like such a weird week for NFL where I personally think, you know, there is a very – uh, good opportunity to have a hand in the dirt approach and manually make adjustments to projections uh, this week of all weeks, right? SaberSim is great, but SaberSim is looking at historical data and is not going to take into account well all of the different narratives and motivations and all these things going on. So it, it can't listen to interviews. It can't uh, quantify coach speak. So those are all opportunities for you to get involved in the process and make some of those adjustments. But like, um, you know, if, if, if we get reports of like, Hey, you know, so-and-so is only going to play, you know, the first half and then probably sit the second half. Like we, we, we are going to try and account for some of that more concrete news as much as possible, but anything that is, um, you know, uh, I don't know what's opposite of concrete, like flexible, Anything that's kind of wishy-washy, up in the air, um, it's like a may yes or no. We're, we're actually not going to do that. And, and the reason for that is like, say there's reports like, oh, you know, um, you know, QB1 is 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 going to start and then, you know, we'll, we'll see how the game goes. Like if a coach says something like that, uh, we're never going to project the backup in that position because we don't want people to end up with lineups with the backup and then he never ends up playing. But if like you have this like strong inclination, like, okay, that means that the quarterback is going to play, you know, the first drive, the first quarter, and then they're going to switch. And if you want to manually tweak projections, I would do that. It's just like, we're not going to act without hard, more, a more concrete statement or news from some credible source is basically what I'm, what I'm getting at. All right. Question from hammer. Question says, with the PGA season kicking off on Thursday, what's the best approach and overall strategy using SaberSim? Great question. Yeah, I actually didn't mention that PGA is returning on Thursday here, so it should be a fun start to the season. Uh, I, I do know that we are going to have a video coming out before tee-off uh, on Thursday morning here, so be on the lookout for that. I don't want to spoil anything on the way there, but we will make sure everybody knows about a uh, golf video that comes out. All right, it looks like Sean jumped in and helped out. Greyhawk, appreciate you, Sean. Uh, next question here. Question says, what is the best sim setup for contests that are less than 20 max and more than single entry for FanDuel? Example, they have an 8 max, 11 max. Uh, yeah, good question. What I would do, honestly, is just always lean on the higher side. So, like, we have, you know, single entry, 3 max, 20 max, 150. If your contest falls somewhere in between any of those levels, I would just always lean on the higher side. So, so one thing that you'll notice is that, you know, say you're playing a three max hundred to one K entries. Um, if you switch it to 20 max, you know, the sliders will either one be the same or two slightly move uh, depending on the size here. So like, going from three max one to 10 K entries goes from zero seven at three max to one seven at 20 max. So anytime the sliders go up, you are creating lineups that have higher upside here. 
uh, taking smaller groups of Sims, uh, counting for correlation more, basically anything to achieve like a higher score in those contests. So leaning on the higher side is there's never anything wrong. If you lean on the low side, you might not create lineups with enough upside to win your contest. So a little bit of overkill in that situation is okay. So I would just lean on the higher side. All right. Question from Ryan. Question says, good day, Andrew. Can you go over how you would spread out $125 of play on DK over the six different NBA slates, main turbo night showdowns tonight? Um, Yeah. I mean, honestly, what I would do is I think it's very easy to get down $125 of action on a single slate rather than across multiple slates here. So I do like the idea of spreading out across multiple slates, but that's typically once you've played all the contests under $3 on the main slate, right? So um, if you go to DraftKings, you know, you're going to see you have like a main, a turbo, you're not a night, three showdowns. I think these are all good slates and I think that you could play all of them. Um, but if you only have $125, like if I'm playing the main slate, right? So I can just like do this from SaberSim. Uh, sort of by entry fees low to high. So like player, player dime times, player quarter jukebox. Um, you know, you could play if you wanted, you could play, you know, a less than the max in the two mini maxes, right? Maybe you want to get access to both contests. So instead of playing, you know, instead of maxing out one, maybe you put 75 lineups in one, 75 lineups in the other. That way you have the opportunity to win first place in both of them rather than just one of them here, right? And then you know, you still have your $1 single entry, your $1.20 max. Um, you still have a $2.150 max, right? So like there, there are so many ways to get in your lineups um, to get $125 of action down on a single, on the main slate alone that I would just probably focus on that. That way you can like really focus on those lineups. And then basically like kind of once you max all these out, right? Like once you play all the mini maxes and the $2 mini max and you know, the 50 cent and all those, and you still have bankroll left. Then at that point, it's like, okay, let's go to the turbo. Okay. Let's go to the night. Um, you know, if you want to focus on classics as opposed to showdown, maybe your classic process is better then maybe you branch out to FanDuel, right? Like, hey, go to FanDuel. Hey, go to Owner's Box. Hey, go to Yahoo. Okay, hey, like, you know, like, let's, maybe now we dabble in some showdowns. Like, as you build your bankroll, you spread you spread out at, as opposed to more and more slates, more and more sites, as opposed to scaling up and down the contest lobby, going over that $3 threshold, and then going and playing, you know, the highest dollar contests in the lobby, uh, just to just because you don't want to go spread out, right? So that's my advice. All right, question from Sammy. Good afternoon, Andrew. For NFL, what is the best way to force certain teams that I like? Not as main stacks, but as secondary stacks. Thanks. Oh man, that's tough. Um my initial thought is that if you know you don't really care for them as primary stacks, then just remove their quarterback and, you know, build lineups that way. Like if I were here, right, um, maybe I use like a rule. So what could I, what I could say is, you know, use at least two group by team, uncheck the quarterback and then leave right running back wide receiver tight end. 
Um, another thing I could do is say, you know, use at least one per team here. Like, say we want to do it for Houston, right? So, like, maybe I don't want to play CJ Stroud. So, like, I go uncheck CJ Stroud. I say use at least two. So then now I'm forcing in secondary stacks. Uh, once I say this as a manual rule, right? So I go to save as manual. I go and look at the teams. And then maybe I don't want the rule for Indy, Baltimore, Pittsburgh. I just want it for Houston. So now the combination of unchecking CJ Stroud and having this rule to use at least two players from Houston that are a position player creates those secondary stacks for me. And then, uh, you know, doesn't allow for primary stacks to be built. Now say, you know, you only want to do this for a subset of your lineups. Well, that's fine. Still set it up this way and then just go use, go open a new build that doesn't have that rule set, build the rest of your lineups and then use the favorite option to send both sets of lineups to the favorites and then fill your contest from there is probably easiest practice in my opinion. All right, jumping over to the YouTube chat. M. Jackson, been on a bit of a losing streak in NBA, and I feel I need to refine my process. Where do you suggest someone start with reevaluating their process? All right, perfect question. So this is actually a good opportunity to plug our contest flashback. So Max and I did a video. If you go to the um, YouTube channel, How to Beat NBA DFS in 2023, you're going to find this building a slam dunk contest review process for an NBA season here. So this is Max and I walking through the contest flashback tool and using it for NBA specifically. So check out that video. Uh, we have another good video here. Review your results and study the pros. Uh, let me just drop these in here. So, you know, using contest flashback to analyze your play is going to be one of the best things that you can do in this scenario. So I would highly recommend starting at with these two videos and then seeing how you can branch it from there. But this will give you a better objective understanding of like, hey, how am I doing? All right, RB1 said, saw this question in Discord and had the same question. Uh, okay, perfect. So I'm glad that question served the purpose for, for both of you there. So if you missed it, I, I did answer it. Just rewind a little bit. All right, Noah said, for NHL, is there a number of players from the same team? That is too many. I've seen people win with five or six from the same game, but that seems excessive on a 13-game slate like today. I don't want to restrict the Sims from too many from the same team, but it seems on a large slate like today, there would be more diversity. Uh, yeah, I mean, this is something that, you know, Sabersim is going to answer for you, right? Like, when you have this question, like, hey, you know, how much is too much? Uh, the best thing to do, in my opinion, is just go and run a build and then look at the stack pool exposures on the other side. So, for instance, if I was doing this, say I'm building 500 lineups for hockey for today. So, I'm going to run my lineups. It's just going to show me, you know, however many I'm playing. So, the default is 20. You can change it to whatever number you're playing, but like go and look at your pool exposure, you know, go and look at, Hey, you know, yeah, maybe I'm playing, you know, one out of 20, which is like 5%, but like how often did this stack type show up across all the lineups that were built? And I think that's a really good measuring stick in general here. So when these lineups finish up, you know, my lineups is 20 pool is 500. If I go to stack, I get to see, okay, you know, what is in my top 20, and it looks like there's only one five stack. So I think the builder agrees with you that like, hey, you know, you probably want to be a little more, a bit more spread out here. But I get sorted by pool exposure. And then what I could see is that, you know, our top one, two, three, four, five stacks 
as far as pool exposure goes are all four or less, right? We have five twos coming up 7% of the time. We have a five naked five stacks, 3%. We have six stacks about 3% here. So like if you were to come in here and you know, your six stacks were in, you know, 25% of your lineup. So you had five of them, but there's only 14 in the entire pool, only about 2.7% total. Uh, I I'd be like a little concerned. I I'd probably want to manage my risk there a little bit. It just seems like that would be a lot of exposure for not a lot of exposure in all the lineups that were built, but like, that's not the case, but like that is an example of something I would be looking to manage or, or a walk back a little bit. If Saber Sim were to give me that. All right. Uh, jumping back to the discord here. Question says, question using the dk nfl sunday millie maker as an example oh my gosh i didn't even shout out chad so hey guys if you guys missed it uh chad won the sunday millie maker on DraftKings with five lineups in the contest took down a million dollar prize so huge shout out to chad man uh quite the new year's eve present so hope hope uh he's doing good and you know we're really happy to have another Millie Maker winner here that makes four within like the last month here. So we've been on quite the heater and glad to see that people are using the tool and winning uh, lots and lots of money. All right. So um, question says, using the DK NFL Sunday Millie Maker as an example, if I build 115 lineups and don't set any exposures or rules myself and just run a contest sim and filter by risk-adjusted ROI, the sim is always higher than if I make rules or exposures myself. This weekend, for example, my 150th lineup without any adjustments was at approximately 200% risk-adjusted ROI. Now, after I added some exposures on my own, like, for example, setting Justin Fields to min 30% as well as some other exposures, my 150th lineup was at 20%. Could it just be that the optimal strategy is just trusting the sims fully? Okay, Um Good question. So let's go talk about this. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so let's just go back to the Saturday two-game slate here that I had up. And let's see what we got. Let's get rid of this rule. And let's build – oh, let's just build 500 lineups. So I'm just going to build 500 lineups. So, so, okay, so what's happening here – is that you are sorting the lineups from highest risk adjusted to lowest, right? So without any restrictions, it's going to give you the highest risk adjusted ROI lineups first. Now, when you start putting in exposure requests and those exposure requests are not met within the top lineups, what the builder does in this instance, right? Say we have 20 lineups and we have 500 in our pool. Well, maybe I set an exposure request and within my top 20, the builder cannot meet that exposure request. What the builder is going to do is go further down in your pool to find lineups that match what you have asked it to do. Well, the, since the lineups are sorted from high to low as far as risk-adjusted ROI, then yes, the lineups are going to start becoming lower and lower risk-adjusted ROI as the builder has to go and find the lineups that you're requesting it to, uh, you're requesting to be in your portfolio. So what what the key indicator here is is what is the last number 
of your lineups, right? So like I'm, I have 20 lineups, no adjustments. My last lineup here is number 20. Well, like if I were to add in, you know, mini meeks here and it looks like the max is four. Well, like, look now my last lineup went from 20 down to 250, regardless of the sorting metric, you know, this 250th ranked lineup is going to be lower ranked by the sorting metric than my 20th was. So that's all that's happening here. So you don't have to worry too much about that, in my opinion. Uh, Noah said that first lineup you have for NHL has a three-man San Jose with three players under 3K. But that seems unlikely on this late. I'm confused why the sim spit that out. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you, man, but like, hey, th that is like the qualitative, you know, that that is the risk management that we suggest you do, right? Uh, you go, you run builds, you know, you, you spot check them, you look at what SaberSim is giving you, and then you make adjustments accordingly. And like, if that's not the lineup for you, like, great, man, you know, go in, trash it. We're going to give you a new one. We're going to refill this to 20 and then you can go from there. But just the opportunity to come in here, like we always say, you know, your best time is spent in the lineup review process after the lineups are built. Like those are the adjustments that I think are important and that ultimately add value to your lineup portfolio overall. So like, it, you know, if, if that's something you see, great. Like I would spend more time doing that and, you know, kind of okaying the lineups that you're actually playing rather than just letting them, you know, uh, sneak their way into your pool. And then you ultimately don't agree with the lineup format. So I think that's a great use of your time, all things considered. But all right, uh, we are all caught up with questions in both the Discord and the YouTube chat. Appreciate you guys tuning in as always. And we will be right back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern for our next show. So until then, everybody, take care. Good luck. I'll see you guys. Thanks. Bye.